0: If you're just getting started, the hardest part of fitness for most people isn't the physical part. Now, I'm not I'm not setting that aside because for some people because of certain health situations, even walking to the mailbox and back is hard and painful and so I'm not I'm not discounting that. But for most people, the real challenge of fitness is the mental. It's it's not the 10-minute walk. It's the 10-minute walk Every day.
1: Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Desette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today I've got the pleasure of speaking with David Paul. He's got a podcast called Walking is Fitness and his website is walkingisfitness.com. So that should give you a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. Thanks for joining me, Dave.
0: Thank you, Jackie. It's uh it's an honor and a pleasure.
1: So in our brief email conversation, I learned that you're quite passionate about walking and its importance to overall health and you told me that you started walking for fitness in 2013. What made you turn to walking?
0: So when I was 48, which was 2008, I was starting to uh, experience some, some weight gain, and I wasn't feeling as good as I had been, and thought, you know, I think I need to be a little more intentional about health and fitness and exercise. And so I started running. I'm not entirely sure why I chose running. It may be because my wife was a passionate runner. So it was kind of uh, on my radar screen. And I did that for five years. Uh, Ran most days, usually about three miles. Ran a bunch of half marathons, a bunch of 5Ks. Even did one accidental marathon. Thought I'd signed up for a half marathon. When I got there the night before, realized, oh no, you've signed up for the full marathon. I'd never run more than 15 miles in my life. And I had a few minutes to decide, do I want to do this or not? And figured a plan that allowed me to at least, I think, run the full marathon and not die. And so I did and uh, ran it in under five hours. That's my accidental marathon. So I did that for five years. And then I got a Fitbit on January 2nd, 2013. And that was a total game changer. I thought because I was a runner that I was going to nail this 10,000 steps a day thing uh, because, Hey, I run every day and I was shocked the first time I put the Fitbit on and did my regular stuff and looked at the step totals like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even close. And so Uh I started walking to make up the difference. And about five months into this kind of run walk thing, I was getting ready to do my three mile run and my, usually the way I did it was I would run three miles and then walk for a mile just to get some extra steps. And I realized that I enjoyed the walking more than I enjoyed the running. And in fact, at that point, I was running simply so I could do the the walk. And I <laughs> thought, well, that's kind of dumb. And so in that moment, I transitioned from running as my primary fitness activity to walking. And I haven't looked back since. And Uh, I average about 20, 21,000 steps a day. Some days I'm uh, far above that. Some days I'm below that, but that tends to be where I average. I don't even think about the number anymore. There was a time when that step count drove me. It motivated me. It was fueling the inner competitive part of me, but now that step total is really a reflection of just how much I enjoy walking for fitness and really walking for pleasure.
1: So you say you average about 21,000 a day. I assume that you kind of worked up to that since you had been running and you weren't getting to the 10,000. It must've taken a little bit of time to get up to 21.
0: It did. So I think if I remember correctly, the first time I put the Fitbit on that first day of running and I'm thinking I'm going to nail this, this 10,000 steps, I think it was around 7,000. It's was like, oh, oh. And just because I had a fitness capacity from the running. You know, it didn't really take long to reach 10,000. It was just like, okay, I need to either run longer or or walk more, which is why I did that three mile run and then the one mile walk. And probably for the first year, I was between 10 and 15,000. And then again, that competitive spirit, plus I was in a group because I got my Fitbit from work and they set up a, uh, a work competition. So I was competing with other members uh, who mostly were younger than me, which just kind of fueled it even more. So that Mm -hmm. kind of drove that step total up. And I was around 15 for a while and then really pushed the accelerator down and tried to get around 20. And I uh, set a competition, internal competition with myself to do an entire month of 25,000 steps a day. And that kicked my butt. Uh, And so it probably took two, three years before I was really doing uh, 20,000 on a on a daily basis, or at least averaging that.
1: So, I know you don't kind of do it all at once. This is kind of over the course of a day and all the things that you do for 21,000 kilometers or, you know, even, even to get in the 10,000, you've got to be really, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Intentional? Definite about intentional yeah you've got to you've got to be trying to do it because you're not just going to get that far by going to the mailbox every day
0: no no in fact um so the the research that i'm familiar with is the average and it depends you know who's doing the research and what survey you're looking at the average is around four thousand steps those are what uh experts would call incidental steps, going to the mailbox, walking from one room to the next, you know, just the yeah. the functional day-to-day activity. So 4,000 steps, most of us get without really trying. So when you start talking about 10,000 steps, which tends to be the universal, hey, that's the goal we should all be aiming for, that is an additional 6,000 steps. And if you're walking at an average speed, that's about another hour's worth of walking to go from what we typically get on an average day to that 10,000. So you're absolutely right, Jackie, that you don't just do that by, hey, I'm going to walk to the mailbox twice, or what everybody's favorite thing is, I'm, I'm going to park in the back of the parking lot. And that'll get me to 10,000 steps. By the way, I, I did that once. I was curious. So I parked in the back of uh, the Walmart parking lot. And I thought, just how many steps do I get? And it was like 250, which <laughs> is not nothing, but I'm not going to get to 10,000 steps, you know, just by parking in the back of the lot. So one of the things that I strongly, strongly recommend to the listeners of the walking as fitness podcast is do not, do not start with a goal of 10,000 steps. It's a good goal, but it's a stupid starting goal because to go from 4,000 to 10,000, that means you're walking an hour more a day. First off, you might not even have the fitness capacity to do that. But even if you do, finding the time in a busy schedule to do that is really discouraging. And so I recommend just gradually increasing, start small, think long, and gradually work up to that. Now, to bring it back to to me, uh, I actually don't intentionally aim for 20,000 steps now. It's just part of who I am and what I do and how I live my life. Now I go out every morning to record the podcast. And so there, there are steps associated with that. Cause I don't start recording the moment I walk out the door and little secret. Uh, typically most of the, most podcasts are not done in 10 minutes. Usually I go sometimes 10, 11, 12, 15, I've gone as much as 17 minutes. And then I come back and I edit it down To 10. And then sometimes, like this morning, I'll finish recording and it's like, you know what? It's a nice morning. And I just kept on walking. And I think I made it back to the house with close to 10,000 steps. And that was just kind of what I do. That wasn't me saying, okay, I'm going to go out and get my exercise now. My wife and I typically will walk uh, once, maybe a couple of times in the afternoon and evening. Some of those walks are a little bit longer. Uh, and then there are times because I work from home, I'm still I'm on, I'm on the uh, long slow glide towards retirement, and mm-hmm. uh, working from home allows me the freedom and flexibility to kind of get a taste of what that is going to be like. But because I do have that flexibility, there are days like yesterday was a, a long work day. I'll just take a break in the middle of the day and go out for a walk, and so that all kind of adds up to. On average, twenty thousand steps. I will say I don't reach close to the end of the day. Look at my Fitbit and go, not quite a twenty thousand. I'm going to go, uh, go get the extra steps. I I used to do that. I don't I don't do that anymore.
1: So one of the things that you mentioned there is the the time involved, and and it's easier when you're working at home to just you know take a break and get up and maybe even just go and walk around the block, but. I imagine a lot of people listening are going, you know, I don't have an extra hour or two hours at the start and the end of my day to, to fit that in. So how do you recommend people fit it in just a little, little 10 minute walks?
0: I love this question because again, circling back to, if you're just getting started, the hardest part of fitness for most people isn't the physical part. Now I'm not, I'm not setting that aside because for some people, because of certain health situations, even walking to the mailbox and back is hard and painful. And so I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But for most people, the real challenge of fitness is the mental. It's, it's not the 10 minute walk. It's the 10 minute walk every day. It's making that commitment. What I call is a fitness promise. You make a promise to yourself to walk every day. And I think 10 minutes is a great way to start for some. It might just be five minutes for some, it might just be one minute. I'm going to be intentional about walking for one minute every day. And you build that habit, that routine of every day. I'm going to do this walk for fitness. And as your fitness capacity grows, and I also believe your enjoyment of the fitness activity of walking, you begin to stretch that out. So 10 minutes becomes 15, it becomes 20, or even if it's not intentionally every day, 20 minutes, like today, I went out, did my walk, recorded the podcast. and was like, you know what? I I just want to keep going. And so there are those days where just because of the enjoyment of it, you keep going. It's a long process. I think, New Year's goals and resolutions, you know, people probably looking back to January 1st had all these grand ideas, I'm going to change my health, I'm going to start exercising. And they dove in the deep end of the pool because they were just so full of excitement and enthusiasm. That motivation, that emotion wears off after a couple of weeks. And now they're just kind of grinding it out. But oh, gosh, the goal is to walk 10,000 steps. Where am I going to find the hour every day to do this? I don't even like doing it anymore. So it's much better to start small. And I think 10 minutes is a perfect starting point for most people, which is why the podcast is only 10 minutes. One of the, one of the comments that I hear frequently is, I, I wish the podcast were longer. Um, and, and I understand that. And that's from folks who are walking 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I love that they want to listen to me for that long. But I'm really thinking about those who are just getting started And for them, that 10-minute commitment, that 10-minute promise every day is hard. And I want them and me to be stopping at the same time. I don't want them to have to turn the podcast off in the middle and and almost feel like they haven't measured up, like they're less than. So that's why my commitment is it's just 10 minutes. Let's get started together. Go for a 10-minute walk. And I'll be here every day uh, to help you keep that commitment on days that are enjoyable and on days that are maybe not so enjoyable. Let's talk
1: about your podcast a little bit. What do you talk about to your listeners to keep them going?
0: That is a is is really the both the biggest challenge of the podcast and the most fun for me. So my background is in radio. For decades, I was on air primarily doing mornings that was what I wanted to do when I was a teenager and I really got to live my dream job of doing morning radio for many decades actually stepped off of that uh, just 2 years ago and while I don't miss the hours because I would be getting up at 3:30 in the morning <laughs> I did miss that daily connection that I had with listeners so this podcast really kind of feeds that love that I uh, came to develop over the years of working in radio, that one-on-one with listeners. So I spend a lot of time and I'm really intentional about what I'm going to talk about for those 10 minutes. And it really is a, a range of things. Obviously, I talk about fitness. I talk about research involving walking. I talk about my perspective about walking. I try to be very encouraging I uh, over and over again. Uh, recognize and, and let my listeners know that what you're doing is a hard thing. You know, walking 10 minutes a day is a hard thing. I mean, that that act of walking may not feel hard, but keeping that commitment is hard. And so I want them to feel encouraged and motivated. One of the things that I encourage the listeners to do is not only to make a fitness promise, but to build a fitness chain. So every day that they keep that promise, it adds a link to the chain. And as that chain grows, it becomes even more motivation on those days when they don't feel like going out because they've got this chain that's got however many links and they don't want to bust it. Um, So I talk about the chain. I talk about the uh, upside of having a chain. I also talk about the downside. You know, should a chain go on forever? I don't believe it should. I believe it should have an end date. I'll tell stories of people who have, uh, transformed their lives through a consistent, intentional way of walking. I'll tell, uh, uh, talk about things that I've encountered uh, while I've been out walking. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite things. So we live in Myrtle Beach, South, Car- South Carolina, and this was earlier this summer. And I live near the Myrtle Beach airport, which is also near one of the local TV stations. And I was walking by the TV station, and there's a parking lot just across the street from the station and I wasn't really paying attention, but I saw somebody get out of their car, walk across the parking lot and they were getting ready to walk across the street towards the, uh, the TV studio. They weren't paying attention to me, obviously. And I wasn't paying attention to them until, until I heard him say, dear God, please don't let me mess up on local TV. And then, (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what he was doing. I'm guessing he was going to be a guest on whatever the local morning TV program was in that building. But I'll talk about those sorts of things, things that I encounter while I'm out walking. And it's very conversational. It's not a scripted, uh, scripted podcast. And I obviously want the listeners to hear what's going on around me, uh, whether I'm walking on a sidewalk as the cars are going by, because I live near the airport, they can hear the planes taking off. If I'm walking through a wooded trail, they can hear the leaves and, and, you know, the wildlife. And so it's, I try to vary it up every day, keeping in mind that there are some listeners who will listen to two, three, maybe even four episodes back to back to back. And so I want it to sound different for them. And I think that's where having a background in radio and learning how to Ah, uh, find content for the uh, on-air presentation and how to uh, present that is, I think, a help in doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it must be. It's something that uh, that I definitely don't have. Yeah. You kind of learn as you go along, I guess. One of the things that you talked about um, was the idea of, of getting out and doing it, do one minute a day. And then, you know, five minutes a day, that sort of thing. And, and how, you know, you did your podcast and then continue to go because it felt so good. What about the people who they get up and they push themselves and they do that one minute and all, all they can think is it's not getting better for them. It's, it's, it's a chore all the time. And and there are people that, like that, I know. And one of the things that I'm thinking about is the idea um. A lot of people have variations on it, the atomic habits of the slight edge and just making those little changes and doing those little things, because somewhere along the line, it's going to make a big difference. But that choice that you make right now doesn't feel so big.
0: Yeah, I one of the things that I talk about on the podcast is in setting this uh, goal or commitment or promise is you don't want it to be too big that it's that feeling every day of, oh, my gosh, I hate this, because it's not going to last. You know, you you can only gut it out so long. And I have found that you need to have a mix of, it, it feels doable, and it's a little bit challenging. And if it's too challenging and every day it feels like a mountain then you need to back that down. Now you know to use your example if if you're doing a one minute walk and and that feels like a a huge mountain, uh, you know you can get a little bit smaller than that. you don't have a whole lot of room but you know back it down until it, at that point with the one minute walk or the five minute walk and even the 10 minute walk, not only are you building fitness capacity, but I think the real value there is building the habit, like James Clear uh, has so expertly guided so many people uh, to being able to do. It's really building the habit. And I think uh, now I love walking. It's hard for me to imagine someone who doesn't love it, but I, in my brain, recognize that there are people that you know don't find the love of walking the way that, that I do. Uh, At some point, if you're going to pursue fitness and make it a lifelong ambition, there's got to be a mix of challenge without being too challenging. And there's also got to be some enjoyment in there. So if it's not walking, you've got to find that thing that you love. My wife is a runner. She's passionate about running. She enjoys walking, but she loves running. And that's her thing one of my coworkers at the radio station uh, I, you know, she had a years long struggle to find an exercise routine and habit that would stick. And I saw her, you know, make these commitments, set these goals, be all in, you know, the emotion was all there. And within, you know, a couple of weeks or a month uh, she'd start slacking off and then it was no longer a thing. Her exercise of choice turned out to be bike riding with her husband. And she loves that. She has a Peloton so she can do it in her home when the weather's not great. And she's got a bike that she can do it outside. So she found that activity that she loves. And if it's not walking, you've got to find the thing that you love. And even if it is walking, there are times when you just got to change it up. You know, I know that there are some people who do the same thing the same way every day at the same time. And great. I have a, I can lean that way. But for me, I tend to change it up most days, like this morning. You know, I didn't plan when I left the house to keep on walking, but I did. And I just kind of made it up as I went along and finally came back to the house. So to go back to your question, if someone is feeling like it's like it's a grind and they hate it every day, maybe the goal is too big. And you back it up. You keep making it smaller. So it's a challenge a couple of days, but doable the rest of the week. If you back that thing down to where it's like 30 seconds or a minute and it still feels like I hate this, maybe walking isn't the thing. <laughs> Candidly, because I'm not a licensed personal trainer, I'm not sure where you go from there. <laughs> I'm not sure if if walking a minute is really hard that my suggestion would be, we'll start running. <laughs>
1: I guess it could try um, doing something else that might lead into running. I'm mean, just, you know, step out of your ho- house with your headphones on and listen to a book that you enjoy or a podcast you enjoy. And then the next day, go to the end of the driveway, still listening to it. Maybe, you know, maybe you'll catch on. And at some point you'll be so engrossed in the story that you won't realize you're walking. You know, Jackie, you know, that knows? is,
0: that, that is a, a great point. And one of the other reasons why I keep the podcast to 10 minutes is because I love podcasts and I'm assuming that those who are listening, um, if they don't love podcasts, they're at least familiar with podcasts. I don't want to dominate Dominate. their entire walk. I want them to be able to listen to the podcast that they love. If they walk for 30 minutes, that still gives them another 20 minutes to pick something else, pick a, uh, uh, an audio book or to listen to music. There are so many different ways. And this kind of taps into my, passion for walking there are so many different ways to structure the walk to tailor the walk uh, to customize it to what you love and what works for you both what you're listening to where you're walking the time of day you're walking whether you walk alone or with somebody else whether you walk your dog i mean there are it's like a snowflake i mean snowflakes every walk every person's approach to walking is going to be a little bit different
1: so true. So tell me about the most memorable walk that you've had.
0: So I would have to say right up front that uh, walking my two daughters down the aisle would be number one, tied for number one. But there was a walk with one of my daughters. We lived in Maryland. Uh, I lived in Maryland for most of my life before moving to South Carolina. And I lived about an hour from D.C. And so it was not uncommon for me to get in the car Go to dc and poke around walk go into the smithsonian i just i love washington dc but to my shame even though i had lived within a short drive from the nation's capital i had never been to dc to see the cherry blossoms which is a really big deal in the spring and so one year i was it was a sunday morning and i was on my computer it was early and i saw that the cherry blossoms were in peak bloom And the weather was decent. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if there's anybody else who wants to drive down to D.C. with me. And we'll go see the cherry blossoms. And I walked into everybody's bedroom because everybody's still asleep. And I said, hey, you want to go? You want to go? And everyone's like, no, no, no. Except for my daughter, my youngest daughter, who was, I think, 11 at the time. And she was all about that. Time with dad. So we got in the car, drove down to D.C. And because I hate paying to park, and I have no problem with parking a little further away. I didn't drive to where the cherry blossoms were. I parked about two, two, three miles from the Tidal Basin, and my daughter Emma was fine with walking towards uh, the Jefferson Memorial and, and to see the cherry blossoms. So as we were walking, we were coming up to the White House and Pennsylvania Avenue, and I noticed a crowd was forming Pennsylvania Avenue. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. Usually I don't see that. I've been to DC enough. And as we got closer, I noticed the reason the crowd was forming is because the Secret Service were holding everybody back. And I thought, well, there really aren't too many reasons why the Secret Service are going to do that. And this could get interesting. So my daughter and I stopped there. And within 60 seconds, we saw the president and his family walking across Pennsylvania Avenue, as they were on their way to church, we waved to him, he waved back to us. And we had a story to tell as we continued on to see the cherry blossoms.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's something that's kind of special, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit better than, you know, just seeing the cherry blossoms, which I imagine (laughs) were beautiful. (laughs) They were. (laughs) So to go along with that one, um, what would be your
0: least favorite place to walk least favorite place i you know uh i don't have a least least favorite place but i do have a least favorite weather which then would make any place uh my least favorite i will say that one of my favorite places to walk is in cities i love what i call urban exploring so that whole dc thing i've I've done that in a bunch of cities here in the United States, been able to travel to Italy and to Brazil and Nicaragua and have uh, explored some of the great cities like Sao Paulo and Rome, Florence on foot. And I just love that. But when you throw in weather conditions, which the temperature is just between freezing and 40 degrees So it's cold, but not cold enough for snow. It's raining and the wind is blowing. That's the kind of weather condition that causes me to go, huh? uh, I don't know that I want to do this. And more often than not, I find myself pacing back and forth inside. (laughs) So that kind of weather makes just about any place my least favorite.
1: I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would be a, an indoor walker on a rainy day as I was today. Yeah. Yeah. Treadmills are, are uh, convenient for that.
0: So, so one of the things that I have not done, I've been doing the podcast now started in December, 2021, and I have yet to do an episode about treadmills or me on a treadmill. I've done episodes where I've been walking inside pacing back and forth. I did an episode where I was walking in place in my home office, but I've never done an episode on a treadmill because not that I hate treadmills, I'm not strong enough to do treadmill walking. And I don't mean physically strong enough. I mean mentally, mentally strong enough. Yeah. Because it is so that. easy to just get off that treadmill and be done, and I find it so hard to to just keep walking on that treadmill that I want to give up. And so and yet, it, you can do it, it
1: marching in place.
0: Well, I've only done that once. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that walk actually, it kind of surprised me a bit, uh, kicked my butt a little bit. I yeah. was, I was surprised by how intense it was even more so than out doing my normal pace which tends to be a, a quicker pace and I was even getting a little winded as I was uh, doing the podcast walking in place so yeah but if you've got a treadmill uh, that's a great way to keep that fitness promise inside and I salute you for the mental toughness to stay on the treadmill <laughs> if and when it gets a little boring
1: yeah that's where my audiobooks come in handy and I just turn my mind off and listen to the story and it unfolds in front of me and it's almost like i'm you know watching a movie i guess i don't think about what my legs are doing yeah but i understand you and there there are days where i how you know, i watch the numbers on the treadmill and watch the little dots go around and finally i say okay you know we've done a half a mile and <laughs> <that>. i'm done we'll <laughs> try this another time
0: yep yep that's exactly how i feel
1: but i guess that's something too that you have to accept sometimes like you say you, know, you feel really good and you're you want to go an extra mile but there's going to be times when you just don't want to go and it's it's got to be okay you've got to you know be mentally okay with saying you know it's just not the right time or it's not the right day and and giving yourself the grace to let go of
0: that that's that's an interesting point and i'm going to push back just a little bit uh, i certainly hear what you're saying. And I know people that, that need to do that. There are reasons to not walk, but I know for me, and this was the hard part of fitness that I didn't want to give myself an out on days when I didn't feel like it, that there are going to be days when physically it's not possible or, uh, someone in my world is in crisis and it would be really insensitive for me to say, excuse me, I'm got to go do my walk here. But when it was simply, you know, it's, it's hard. I don't feel like it. Those became for me the most valuable days because that's when it was really hard. And when I did the thing that I didn't want to do, I actually felt even better because Jackie, uh, and this is, this is my story. I, I, have a long history of what I call failed goals, including a lot of fitness goals where these goals were set in a passion of excitement and possible transformation. And then when they got hard and and I do believe that there is great value in giving yourself grace. So I'm not saying there isn't, but when it got hard, I gave myself an out And that one day, and nothing bad happens. That's the thing. Okay, nothing bad happened. And so the next day, I don't feel like it. Okay, I'll I'll give myself the day off here. And it just became easier to not do it. And so what ended up happening over the years was this internal tape of, I can't do it. I keep failing. And so on those days, particularly those days when I didn't want to, and I wanted to say, nope, not today, when I kept the commitment and did the thing I didn't want to do, those were the days that started changing that internal tape from I can't to I can. And guess what? I am doing it. Which, again, going back to what I recommend uh, for my listeners is to set a promise that's small, you know, 10 minutes so that it, it doesn't consume the entire day. Make a promise to do that every day for 90 days, including those days when you don't feel like it. And then at the end of 90 days, you've built this chain that may be the longest fitness chain you've ever built. And now you've got something to build on. Give yourself a break and maybe you renegotiate and do a different fitness promise for another 90 days. But you start changing that that internal tape of, I can't do this to, I can. Because those those hard days when the weather is bad or you're tired or the schedule is crammed those really can be the most valuable days when you push through.
1: Yeah I understand that and I, I agree with that So it's been a little bit of time here and I'm feeling like I should be walking more. Uh, I'm hoping that that a few of the listeners have got the uh, the idea that maybe they should, now step out and do a little bit today just to see how it feels, see if walking is the thing that suits them. Um, as a final word, what would be your one piece of advice to someone who is just starting out other than the take it easy and go slow?
0: Well, that really is the big piece of advice. And I don't want to uh, kind of move past that because, you know, again, a lot of times when we we start something new, there's this excitement and we bite off more than we can chew. And that's why I I go back to 10,000 steps. It's it's a good goal, it's a worthy goal. There's now science behind the long-term impact of walking 10,000 steps, but it's really a bad goal uh, as a starting place. So start small. Even even if you feel super excited and you've got some fitness capacity that 10 minutes almost feels like it's beneath you. If you haven't been consistently doing a fitness activity every day, maybe, maybe you've been kind of running, but it's scattershot or even walking and it's scattershot. And you're thinking, you know what? I I need to do this on a more consistent basis. Even if you've got that fitness capacity, my recommendation is start small 10 minutes. Make a commitment, 10 minutes a day for 90 days. That doesn't mean that you can't go beyond 10 minutes. But on those days when it's like, why did I do this? <laughs> that 10 minutes doesn't feel quite as overwhelming. And it allows you to build that habit, which James Clear has pointed out, on average takes about 66 days for most of us. And yeah. in some cases, up to like 254 days. So you build that habit, which then slowly becomes momentum. And once you've got momentum behind you, it's actually harder to not do Stop. that fitness activity than yeah. it is to do it. So for anyone listening who, first off, I don't want you to feel guilty. This isn't about shaming someone into walking. If you're feeling excited about, hey, I can I can do this. Th- that, that sounds great. Please start small, 10 minutes a day. That's, that's really the biggest recommendation I have. I mean, once you've been going for a while, then you can talk about changing it up and, and we can talk about intensity and how fast you go and that sort of thing. But right now to get started, it's just making a commitment, making a fitness promise, 10 minutes, and then doing that thing every single day, as long as you're healthy enough to do it. And the way I like to think of it, someone in your world isn't in crisis and they need you to be present and not out walking.
1: Nice. Perfect. So that's one of the things that we didn't talk about, Um, we kind of hinted at is the idea that your overall health is a good indicator of the longevity of your life. And as we head into retirement, this is something that really needs to be Pointed out to some people, and and just kind of put in to jog the memory of other people, is that you have to keep working on that health and that aspect of things if you want your life to be long and healthy and happy. And I think that that's a. I think that the walking idea is a great way to do that.
0: I totally agree. I like to look at it in terms of health freedom. I mean, there's all kinds of research, and I could bore you with, you know. Uh, walking lowers the risk of getting this disease that disease and, and all these bad things but it's not just that i don't want to feel bad from all that i want the freedom to not have to be dealing with those issues as i get older now at some point you know there <laughs> this doesn't go on forever but i do want to age well and have as much health freedom and as as long a time of health freedom as possible. And I mentioned a little while ago, I'm not retired yet. I'm kind of in the 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 slow glide towards retirement. It's within a, a few years. But I see so many of my peers who are in my age range who are not engaged in fitness and maybe are even thinking, when I'm retired, I'll have more time. And that's when I'll get started. And you know that's better than nothing, but the older you get, the harder it is to get started sure. because that fitness capacity just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I have a, yeah. a really good friend who retired last year. Fitness <laughs> fitness is, was not on his radar screen and it, we would vacation together. And anytime we would talk about uh, a group of us going for a walk on the beach, uh, my <laughs> friend would say, as long as it's not a forced march, really indicating He doesn't want me leading the walk at the pace at which I walk. So, (laughs) but I saw him the other day and he's now pursuing fitness. He's walking, I think about a mile and a half every day. And I saw him right after he had completed a walk and a mile and a half is, is a good distance. So I'm not minimizing that, but he, it, it, it didn't really kick his butt, but it came close And so it was just kind of a reminder that the sooner we get started, whether we're retired or not, the sooner we get started with that fitness promise and starting small and allow that fitness capacity to grow, the better off we are as we approach retirement. And then, of course, uh, once we get into retirement with all these dreams and aspirations of how we want to use our time, I don't want poor health or limitations Health limitations to keep me from doing the things that that I want to do when I'm retired.
1: Exactly. Well, I think that's a really good place to stop on that note because I think that'll leave people something to think about. Dave, thanks very much for being with me today. I've really enjoyed it, and I think you've uh, given us all something to think about.
0: Jackie, thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate it.
1: And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.